From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, folks. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are my fellow guru, Kristen Travis. Hello. And head of the guru department, Steve Tassie. Hi there. We're going to talk about communication games this week. And uh, communication games is sort of like dexterity games. It's a thing where you might not know what it means having heard it, but once somebody explains it to you, oh, it's like Jenga, where you have to have a steady hand. Oh, yeah, I get it. You understand. So a communication game is a game in which you have to get something across to someone. You know, obviously something like charades, you have to communicate by waving your arms or whatever. Uh, taboo is a game where you have to communicate an idea using words. But uh, the thing that I've noticed researching these communication games is that most of them have something special about them. And the special thing is the restrictions in how you are allowed to communicate. Now, there's sort of a subset of this. There's, there's, there are, uh, there's another category of game, well, it's, at least I'm going to call it a category, called persuasion games. It's a more advanced form of communication. In a persuasion game, you have to try and convince people to do what you want them to do. But we're not going to talk about that this time. Instead, we're just going to talk about getting an idea across to somebody. Um, Kristen, Steve, do you like communication games? Yeah, I some. I do. I love talking. I love not talking. <laughs> I love it all. What are some of your faves? Uh, I love Time's Up. Mm. Um, just yeah. how it bundles everything together. It's fantastic. It's sort of like a, uh, an Eldorado of, uh, of communication games. There's, it's like a three-in-one, three really cool ways to do it. My favorite thing about Time's Up is the way it creates uh, momentary context that only works for the people who are playing that game that time. We're going to go into Time's Up again uh, a oh, little, bit, little bit more deeply good. later in this episode because it's a sort of a special case. There's so yeah. much to recommend about it. Um, what are some others that you guys like? Pictionary. Uh, telestrations. I love telestrations. Right. So much fun. The, uh, the telephone game mixed with Pictionary. So yeah, not only... way better than Pictionary. It kind of is. <laughs> it's just, you know, you draw a picture. Somebody else is trying to guess what that is and write their guess down. The next person has to draw a picture of what that guess is. And it just keeps going around until you have no idea where you started. Um, so who, what kind of player does a communication game appeal to? Who, who likes these kinds of games? Most of them are pretty party game ish. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few that aren't, but most are. Uh, and I think that it appeals to the mainstream audience of board games, the people who just want to have fun. People that want to be excited and have their heart race while they're trying to <laughs> just have a good time with yeah, everybody else. The time else. factor yeah. makes people excited about the games. Most of them do have a time pressure element to them, don't they? Yeah. And most of them also give you some sort of there's going to be something silly going on. Either you're <laughs> acting silly in a charades type game, or you're doing silly drawings, or whatever. People like to be silly. People like to have fun, and people like an excuse. Oh, well, I was playing charades. I had to act like that. <laughs> that wasn't really me. That was the game. I like to cut loose. Yeah. So, um, obviously, if somebody who's like, uh, looking for more of a, an intellectual challenge, a strategy gamer type who wants to make choices that are going to affect the outcome might be a little disappointed here. Uh, there a ever, little. Are there, any, are there any important choices to make in communication games, or is it really just about being as skillful as possible, communicating clearly and efficiently? There are, there are choices. Um, some games give you a choice of what to communicate. Hmm. Uh, so a game like Concept, you're given a card, and then you have choices on that card of which phrase or word or whatever you're trying to use. Um, but other games, like drawing games, here's a choice that not a lot of people will think of. Do you use an arrow to point to a particular part of the drawing that has emphasis? 
Sometimes that works really well. Other times it's going to screw things up because you didn't quite get it pointing to exactly the right part of the drawing. Or maybe you think the arrow is actually an object. Exactly. Yeah, people the, uh, will think, drawing. Oh, okay, so uh, archery. It's uh, a thing getting shot at by him. Yeah. Maybe your drawing's just really bad. Which can be a makes feature. makes it even more confusing. <laughs> so, um, and, and of course, there's also the question of how well do the other players know you? I mean, if you have your own sort of... Uh, a private language, certain mm -hmm. in-jokes, certain things that you and the person you're trying to communicate with are aware of that sort of gives you additional uh, ammunition that you can use. Do you guys usually bring that in when you're playing communication games or do you try to... We try and make sure that couples aren't together <laughs> for that reason. Either couples aren't together or every team should be couples. Like you, you've got to go one way or the other so that it's like as the fair as possible. Sort of yeah. Yeah. It's a thing we did at your aunt's house three summers ago while drunk. Like, yeah. <laughs> No one else is going to know that. Yeah. But uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. If you, as long as everybody has to face that or nobody has to face that, it's not cheating. Yeah. It's still fair. Okay. Now let's start with more the more basic communication games and their restrictions. So you're, 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 the, the, the simplest communication games are generally speaking the ones where you just have to get an idea across. Something like charades. Uh, and charades, very strong restrictions. You know, there's no talking aloud when you're playing charades. At least I hope not in most cases. It, and, and then sometimes you have stricter regular. I mean, you know about the bit about how, uh, you know, doing the bit where you put two fingers on your forearm like this, indicating that it's two syllables, or you hold it yeah. like this, indicating it's two words. Um, when you guys play charades, do you think it's better to have, uh, to allow those basic tools, or better to restrict them, to say, no, you can't do the number of syllables, number of words thing? Um, I always allow them. Um, and the main reason is that most people are used to them and to then take the, that away from people they'll be confused and, and angry with me mm. why did why can't i do that <laughs> we don't normally play with that okay so i it just seems confusing and to, and it takes too long it's like i'm do this part and this part why don't you just act out the whole thing all right, so it's, it's uh, well, I guess it's a matter of context then, yeah. matter of the group itself. And do you usually do the bit where you clap your hands twice when somebody's got the word or got a part of it? Yes. Uh, I don't do that. I'll, I'll put a finger on my nose and point at them. Ah, okay. That's mm, you. Nose. I just got that. <laughs> How many years of my life? Okay, never mind. Um, so let's take a look at another one, catchphrase. Now, this is uh, one where you've got the hot potato going around the table. You can say anything you want but you can't spell the word out. You can't say the word itself or any of its derivatives. Uh, and you can't use sounds like or rhymes with. Um, are there any other restrictions in catchphrase or is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay, so, and you're just trying to do it as quickly as possible. And that brings us to time's up. So in time's up, you've got a bunch of cards and on these cards are the things you're trying to get people to guess. Round one, you're playing catchphrase. You know, any sort of uh, old form of communication you want to watch, you want, you want to use apart from the, the, the derivatives and the sounds like thing, and try to get as many of these things as you can. Round two, use exactly the same set of cards. Only this time, when you're giving clues, you're only allowed to say one word per card. You're playing password this exactly. time. Exactly. One word per card. Round three, same things again. Charades this time. No talking at all. So it's super hard, but you've already heard these things twice in this game, and that makes such a difference. Like you were saying before, Steve, if, if, you, if, somebody's, uh, if somebody's got Moby Dick, for example, and uh, it's entirely possible that over the course of their description, 
of this uh, fine novel that a certain portion of someone's anatomy may be used as a form of, dis- of just an elegant phrase that's used in there. And then when it comes to round two and you can only use one word. That's the word. What word do you think is good? Yeah, exactly. And then when it comes time to do the charades bit, do you, do you think somebody's going to mind being a whale or do you think? No. <laughs> it's, but of course, uh, every time you play, it's going to be a different weird word. Yeah. I was playing Time's Up just last weekend, uh, and um, the one of the people we had to guess was the Marquis de Queensberry. Good gracious. And uh, one of the players made the mistake of thinking that he had created the rules for fencing, <laughs> not boxing. So uh, eventually it was guessed and figured out, okay, no, he was, the, he was the boxing guy, not the fencing guy. But when it came time to do the charades, <laughs> you can bet fencing was what got acted out, not boxing. Oh, my. So, uh, all right, another, another game that's famous for its restrictions, Taboo. Probably the most popular communication game we've got. Uh, in that case, you're trying to get your teammate to say birthday, but there's a list of five words like candles, presents, cake, happy, or anniversary. And you can say anything you want as long as it's not those words. And the other, there's a member of the other team who's got a little buzzer, and they're going to buzz you when you say one of the, the wrong words. The auditor. <laughs> and, uh, it's, but it's really the restriction that makes Taboo fun. You take that away, and suddenly it's a lot less interesting. You guys ever played 25 words or less? Yeah. yeah. I haven't, no. That's, that's, that's really something. It's like the, 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 ang- the angrier, harder, meaner version of taboo you've um do we we played that the last staff party didn't we yes we did yes we did oh i wasn't you've there i was to, uh, having a baby yeah <laughs> you you have to um outbid people for how few words you think you can use to get your teammates to guess a bunch of words that are on the card you've got i think five words yeah. that they're trying to guess and you don't score if you don't get them all and the default number is 25. So, you know, five words per clue. But while you're looking at this card, an opponent is also looking at the card and they're going to say, oh, yeah, 23 words. I could do it in 18 words. Oh, well, I'll do it in 16 words. 15. 11. Go. So then you have to do it in 11 words or less. And if you succeed, your team gets the point. If you blow it, the other team gets the point. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's really something. Now, let's, let's, let's sort of take a step back here and consider the, the appeal of communication games is obvious. You know, trying to get an idea across is just fun, especially when you have these restrictions. But Without the restrictions, it's just conversation. Pretty much. Uh, and that's, that, that, that can be very enjoyable as well, but you don't need a game for that. It's, and you're not going to have a competition. It's not going to be a matter of can you, will you succeed? It's not going to have a pass-fail sort of thing. It's not going to have a case of did you communicate well enough to I'm win. I'm going to out-converse you. <laughs> That game probably does exist somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, well, then again, you consider certain strategy games, too. Um, you know, the, the, the heavy-duty mental workout type stuff. And communication can be a really important aspect of these. And that can be a good sort of uh, uh, entry point uh, to the style of game for people who are used to playing other types. So like Pandemic, for example, a cooperative game. And Pandemic, you and the other players are a team of experts trying to save the world from a massive global outbreak of infectious disease. And... Communication is crucial in cooperative games. You can't just do your own thing in this game the way you can in, in others. You have to work together. You, know, you have to work together, you have to plan together, and uh, that's even further amplified playing something like Space Alert or Escape oh. Curse of the Temple. Have you played Space Alert, Kristen? I love Space Alert. It's one of my favorites. I hate Space Alert. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
Yeah. Now here's here's partially why. Okay. Um, I've only ever had the opportunity to play it with people who've never played it before, which oh. means every single time I play it, I'm just playing the training missions over and over again, mm. and I find it frustrating. And yeah, uh, that's a big part of what I don't like. Well, I think I'm just gonna have to blame your friends for that, Steve, <laughs> because Space Alert is awesome, and the thing that makes it awesome is how the communication comes. That panicking, trying to decide when to tell somebody this, how to tell them this, what you get, what are you gonna do, what are you gonna do? And uh, Hanabi is weirder still. That's a cooperative card game where your cards are facing away from you. Uh, you guys have played Hanabi, right? Yes, yes. Oh, a yes. lot. It's how do you communicate these ideas? Have you guys found ways of sort of using these clues to tell more than you're actually telling? I mean, all you're allowed to do, all you're allowed to tell somebody is, okay, the cards you're holding, these two are red. It all depends on timing. Like, why would someone tell me that I'm having, that I have, this is a red card or that these are twos? Are you implying that I need to put this two down? Are you, you just have to really read based on what everything that's on the table, what everyone said. And it's, it's all about reading between the lines. Yeah. There are, there are certain times where a clue is self-evident what, why you're telling them. If I point to your cards and say, these are your ones and no cards have been played yet, I'm telling you, play one of those damn cards. Yeah, they're both legal, they're both uh, good. If we know that we've completely pooched blue, there's there's no way to, to progress in blue, or we've already finished blue, and I say, these are your blue cards. It's safe to ditch them. Exactly. So it's all about, those are the extreme, obvious ones, but it's about finding those, okay, why is he telling me that? now <laughs> what's on the table what can i see in other people's hands that makes what he just told me relevant and in what way yeah hanabi really shines in those moments where you're trying to figure out why did somebody tell you something and then we have secret team games stuff like the resistance or werewolf or shadow hunters or bang where we have uh, you're on a team everybody gets a card that tells you what team you're on but you can't see the other players cards and you have to sort of communicate not with words but with actions you know, if I'm playing bang and I shoot the sheriff, other players can probably guess I'm an outlaw. Probably not a deputy. Probably not a deputy. <laughs> or you're the worst deputy ever. That can, or, I'm, or I'm trying to trick the other players into thinking I'm an outlaw. Mm -hmm. That's right. The best deputy ever. I'm undercover. I'm so undercover. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, and the the Serpico of deputies. <laughs> In the case of the resistance, I mean, you guys both know the resistance. Oh, yes. yes. Have you ever had that situation where you're a spy, you're one of the bad guys, and you and one of your teammates, one of the other spies, the other bad guys, are both on the team. <laughs> who plays the fail card? Who's going to oh, sabotage yeah. and who's going to play straight? How do you communicate something like that without giving away which, which team you're on to the good guy players who are sitting at the same table and who outnumber you? That's hard. <laughs> That's we've I've had that where we only wanted one fail in there, but out of four people all three spies were on the team oh. and it's like oh <laughs> and we ended up where just the first person in the rotation played okay. and the other two just happened to guess correctly that the first person was going to play wow uh so we actually made it out of live and won the game but that was a tough spot i'll bet that's the, that's the master class of communication. That's a community, you, can, you can't talk, you can't use charades, you can't use any kind of words, you can't use hand signals, none of the things that would be used for any of these other communication games are applicable in a game like that. You have to do it almost subconsciously. 
So uh, in, in some ways, that's the most fascinating, the hardest, and the most challenging kind of communication game you can play. All right, listeners. If we're ever playing the resistance together and you and I are spies, <laughs> I'm playing the fail card. Perfect. Unless Nothing he, will go wrong. Unless, of course, he's actually in the resistance Avalon <laughs> and he's pretending to be on your side. Shh. Oh, mind is blown. Oh, dear. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, of course, this is our favorite communication to provide to you. But if you'd like to communicate some ideas back to us, use your favorite social media. We will be listening in and we will do our best to provide the kind of communication that you want to hear. Thanks again. I'm Jonathan with Steve and Kristen. Game on. Game, Game on. on. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.